Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Relevant content warnings can be found in each episode's description. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hello, y'all. All right, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week? Non-binary representation in media? Yeah. But like the sub-ideal kind. Right. So we're going to be... There isn't a lot of the ideal kind. I want to be honest with you. (laughs) That's true. So... Yeah. So we're going to be touching on a very specific aspect of non-binary representation today. It's not so much the negative tropes around actual non-binary people or like any sort of like problematic portrayals of people. Of which there are plenty. We're just not talking about them today. No. Today, we are going to be talking about the specific phenomenon in which non-human creatures are coded as non-binary. Often in post-production, often in like cultures around TV shows. We'll get into that. Right. And also, sometimes within the media itself, that is used as the coding that the character is not human. Yeah, so if they don't have a gender, they're therefore not human. You can see this a lot with angels. I feel like mm. angels are like the classic example of it. Right, right. Most media that has angels, the angels are, like it becomes clear that the angels don't understand gender before, often before it becomes clear that they're angels. And that's like the first hint that right. they're not human. Right. So actually, that's a really good lead in because I thought that the best way to start this off would be. For- oh, are you going to out me for watching too much goddamn Supernatural? rude no i was gonna say (laughs) i was gonna say the best way to start this off would be for the two of us to just sort of talk about some examples of this because i feel like if you aren't aware of it it isn't noticeable in all contexts especially because it does have such a cultural following around it yeah well i think that that is like if you are not non-binary and you're not like you know eyes peeled for non-binary issues a character not understanding gender or not playing into gender or not seeming to have a gender can be a good tell that they're not human for you. Like, that's why it's used in this way. Right, because... And a quick disclaimer also, like, a lot of the ways that we're talking about non-binary in this episode so far, and I'm sure continue to be, is very agender coded. Mm -hmm. We consider agender under the umbrella of non-binary obligatory disclaimer that not all agender people identify as non-binary and not all non-binary people identify as agender but in this episode we're going to use them kind of interchangeably that's actually a fantastic point because when people talk about this sort of non-binary representation quote unquote Mm -hmm. they most often talk about it in the sense of like this character either does not or cannot have a gender therefore they are non-binary Which is hilarious because I'm non-binary and I have more gender than any of you mortals. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some examples of this sort of character in fiction? Either the kind that culturally get the non-binary label slapped on them after the fact or the kind that it's sort of used in the 
media itself as a coating. The angels from Supernatural. <laughs> yeah, I have I have not seen Supernatural, so I don't. Is that so pre not, or post? You know, I don't exactly know because I'll admit I watched Supernatural many, 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 many years ago. Many years ago, y'all. I'm cool now. I swear. And sure, sure. so I wasn't necessarily looking out for like the the cues, kind of to the point of what we were saying. But I think that there was some like. Just in general, like the angels also were shown to not understand why eating works or how eating works. So there's that as well. Mm-hmm. But like also just not to understand many aspects of like human interaction, gender being one of them. I see. Of course, there ends up being a main angel character and he's definitely a dude because he's like the main post <laughs> or post um, production gay love interest. The two, the two guys that you oh, always think about. God. Ben Steele. That was such that was such a day on Tumblr. Oh yeah. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're not though. Here to talk about we that. could do a whole episode on that though. <laughs> we could. It wouldn't be particularly interesting in- interesting or uh, about gender, but we could definitely do a whole episode about the day Tumblr broke because of that. But I think that's very interesting because I've seen similar discourse around the main characters in Good Omens, especially the recent mm. Amazon Prime version of the story. Yeah, because like especially David Tennant's character, it was supposed to be like extra non-binary, right? Yeah. Did he do something that? I think that he just played a gender non-conforming character. Like, I mean, he's David Tennant. I would argue that he often does. Yeah. Like even his like Doctor Who suit was relatively. And I think that Neil Gaiman, the the author, mm-hmm. the surviving author of the two authors of Good oh, yeah. Omens. I always forget Terry Pratchett also wrote Good Omens. Just yeah. for context, Good Omens is one of my favorite books in the entire world, and I love Neil Gaiman and have seen him speak. Mm-hmm. So, yes, go on. What were you going to say about Neil Gaiman? Well, I think he said something about the mm-hmm. two main characters not having fixed genders because they are able to manifest their bodies. I don't remember the details of that. I would don't have it. I don't have the tweet or the interview on hand, so I can't quote him. But that that was like part of the mm. extended canon, I guess you could say, of Good Omens as well. That makes sense. Yeah, I know that because um, Crowley, the, David Tennant's character, mm-hmm. because he was like just very non-conforming in general. Yeah. He he definitely got a lot of love for being non-binary, but it, they also got a lot of love for being like MLM gay. The yeah. two of them. So like. You know. Yeah. And so I think that they're... We like to slap queer things on our TV because we don't get real representation. So we'll find it. We will. This is true. (laughs) This is true. And so I think that angels are very... That's one that you often cite to me. And I feel like I haven't consumed as much media that involves angels as you maybe have. Yeah. I don't know why I've consumed a lot of that media. I think it was the supernatural. I mean, like supernatural itself has like 17 seasons and I've seen... A lot of it. Most of them. Too much of it. Too much of it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think of it the way that... So some of the examples that I know of from this are, for example, Envy in Full Metal Alchemist, which I know is a series that you have not consumed yeah, anyway. But they are a shapeshifter who, in the uh, English dub, is gendered he/him, I believe, and <laughs> they are gender fluid in a way. They don't have a set gender, but they're also a monstrous manifestation of. The envy. literal, of literal envy. Ooh. So there's What that. are they gendered in the Japanese? I assume it's Japanese. 
I believe that they are gendered using the non-binary pronoun in Japanese. Yeah, I didn't know Japanese had a non-binary pronoun. I believe they do, and I believe it was a whole thing in the Digimon arc with the eighth Digi-Destined. I, we don't have to dive into how I know about that, but... Um, We've all been part of those fandoms we regret, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to Envy, I know that there's also like... Futurama had an episode about swapping genders and the alien that was able to swap everyone's gender had no concept of what gender was and that was part of the gag of the episode. Yeah, I feel like it's often that. Yeah, that happens a lot. And then one of the most visible ones in recent memory, oh, I guess also Double Trouble um, from She-Ra, which is a character that you haven't seen yet in how far we have gotten in Double Trouble. Despite the fact that I think we started watching She-Ra specifically because of Double Trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they are gender fluid. They are gendered with they them pronouns, and they are a shapeshifter. They're vaguely inhuman in form. Which, like, I I I'll give more of a pass for that in Shira because, to our knowledge, I don't think anybody in Shira is human. Like the princesses are clearly not human. Mm-hmm. Shira herself is maybe human plus at this point. Katra is a, a cat, cat. <laughs> um, and I think those are all the characters we know. They're, I mean, yeah, and then all of the, like, background characters are, like, but vaguely all very, animal-esque. Yeah, they're ahead. clearly inhuman. Yeah, yeah. So that that one does kind of get a pass, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But the one that is right at the top of the list mm-hmm. for this, and that we have referenced multiple times on this podcast, is Janet from have The Good Place. Have we referenced Janet that many times? We talk about Janet a lot. We, we talk about Janet a lot, and we have definitely referenced Janet on the podcast okay. before. I mean, I trust you. And so Janet... If from the good place. From... We... Y'all, I also, at this point in the episode, like to make another disclaimer that I'm having some issues with my depression right now. So like if I'm repeating things, I apologize. This is the reality of living with major depression. Go on, Janet from the good place, as we were saying. Right. So Janet from the good place is one of her famous taglines is not a girl when people refer to mm-hmm. her as a girl because she is a god ai i guess she falls into the angel category a little bit she definitely okay exactly she falls into the angel category i would argue but i think she also falls into the computer category yes which is another i don't have any examples of this but i do know that's another like cyborgs are as a group (laughs) um (laughs) assumed to be like non-binary because they're not biological humans and genders you know, inherently tied to your biology. So if you don't have biology, you can't be gendered. There's a lot of transphobia wrapped up in that. But that is definitely, I think Janet comes from that because she's a, she's not actually a computer, I don't think, but she is some sort of like AI. She functions she, as a, the, she, she functions, functions as Google. <laughs> she functions the way that we think of her as the way that we think of AIs. And not to, not to go on another tangent, but that is also that idea that robots and computers can't have genders is very, crystallized in that one Wally meme where Wally and Eve are inherently non-binary because they're robots just because they are coded as masculine and feminine doesn't make them a boy and a girl. Yeah, like what makes them a boy and a girl. Right, which is like, I mean, these are fair things to like mention and like Janet also, what makes Janet a girl besides the fact that she presents femininely. Yeah. But while those are interesting things to point out, it doesn't always land as intended. Mm-hmm. Not the least because Janet's not a girl throwaway lines started out as, and to my knowledge throughout the series, were intended as jokes. 
they were not actually intended as okay. representation. So I want to name that I fucking love the show, um, The Good Place. I think it's phenomenal. I think everybody should watch it. And It's extremely good. It's so good. And we started watching it because we were looking for non-binary representation. And Google told us that it had non-binary representation, which I think colored our ideas on Janet because Janet is not non-binary representation for that point. But I just want to defend the fact that like the throwaway I'm not a girl lines really started picking up when she started dating a straight dude on the show. And so I think it was actually like, I think their intention, if we're giving them the benefit of the doubt with it, was to play with the fact that that relationship had to be inherently queer of some variety. That's a fair point. I don't think that that, <laughs> I don't think they did it the best way they could. Right. I think that The Good Place deserves so much love for so many reasons. And like, having non-binary rep is just not one of them. Yeah. Having beautiful gay rep is 100% one of them. It has a lot of gay rep in it. True. But True. like, it just, it just doesn't have non-binary or a gender expansive rep and it can right. just exist. Right. And so what is the reason that characters like Janet and this post-production coding of Crowley mm. and these like inhuman non-binary characters, what about that is actually problematic like maybe some people think this are like yeah but like those are fun characters totally and they are fun characters but like i mean and and we've talked about this when we talked about representation before it's not that they are inherently problematic it's just that if i as a non-binary person like i want to watch a tv show that represents me and my experience and the only people i can find are not human that's not fun yeah <laughs> like i think that that's like that's the that's the meat of it like I want to find a TV show that rep- that I'm represented in as like, for instance, a good example, a good counter example is um, One Day at a Time, which like the daughter of the family that the show is about starts dating a non-binary person. Mm-hmm. And that person is just there and cool and non-binary. And they're not like a huge, I mean, I haven't finished the show, but <laughs> they don't seem like they're a huge main character or anything. They don't get like a whole plot arc to themselves, but that's much better because I'm like, cool, I could be that person. I can just like exist. I can just vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Whereas like nobody wants to be Janet from The Good Place. People want to be lots of people from The Good Place, but nobody wants to be Janet from The Good Place. <laughs> right, right. And it's particularly bad when you talk about villain coded mm-hmm. i mean that just comes into like the queer coding of villains oh yeah envy gets a lot of that from full metal alchemist mm-hmm. and it's just in general i mean a terrible person for a lot of reasons they're arguably not a person but like which is even worse <laughs> exactly and but i think one of the other ways that it becomes particularly harmful is when it is used when a lack of gender or a confusion over gender roles is used as shorthand for this person is not human right because then it inherently others non-binary people. Right. And I think that, like, again, Supernatural kind of dodged that. Like, if you want to have a purse, a, a being that is clearly not human, there are lots of things that humans do other than gender roles that you can also at least include. Like, to my point about Supernatural, eating. Like, right. when Cass the angel first, like, got his body, he was like, what's this eating concept? And there was, like, a throwaway joke line about, like, what's this going to the bathroom concept? Like, what is this concept Mm -hmm. of things moving through my body? Like, if you are an otherworldly being who has never had to, like, take in sustenance and get rid of waste, that's going to be much more jarring to you than the concept of gender roles. Right. Right? So, like, there's just more interesting ways to do it also. And I've seen a lot of sci-fi that, like, 
examines human culture through the lens of like because Tumblr fucks with that shit true (laughs) artificial intelligence will just fundamentally perceive the world differently Mm -hmm. gender doesn't necessarily have to come into that they just will literally think differently they'll process emotion differently if they have emotions other planets may have vastly different social structures that aren't inherently based on gender like there are just other ways that you can explore in humanity without having the main marker of inhumanity being a lack of gender. Yeah. And I think that's really when it comes up and it's like, Janet could have also said not a human and we would have had exactly the same conversation or sorry. And we would have had exactly the same like takeaway that like somehow this relationship is queer. Queer can expand a little <laughs> bit bigger like that. And like somehow, um, yeah, she's not a human. Like, it didn't have to be not a girl. I guess, like, often in context, it was because somebody called her a girl and she would be like, not a girl. But, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and I guess that, like, that's also another good point is I think back to that even Wally meme mm-hmm. where if Janet had said not a person mm. instead of not a girl mm-hmm. or, like, I'm not human, like, would make... I mean, I'm sure that throughout the series she made it very clear that she wasn't a human either. And that was always... I mean, she was always very clearly not human. She would, like, pop in and out of places. She would, like, she literally said ding. Yeah. (laughs) She was very much, she probably at least made some inspiration for the beings in Soul that were also supposedly vaguely coded as non-binary. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely true. Yeah. But that was another example of celestial beings who... But also another example of another fantastic piece of film go watch soul it's great soul is great 10 out of 10 all right so that is the like kind of problem with this trope it's this idea that people who don't have a gender are somehow less human and this Mm -hmm. i've talked about this a bit on my blog Mm. in that it is not just people who are non-binary or who lack gender or who lack a solid understanding of gender in the way that people that binary people think of it Mm. I mean, arguably, I feel like if anybody in this household gets gender, it's L, but like possibly just from an academic standpoint. (laughs) Yeah, I do a lot of reading on it. Yeah. But this is also just something that can be applied to asexual folks as well. Mm. And a lot of neurodivergent people. We don't necessarily have to dive into that, but robots and celestial beings also very often are coded with being confused by things like sex and being confused. I mean, I guess I mentioned that like AIs may fundamentally think differently, which I don't know. Well, that's the thing is like, this isn't necessarily a bad thing either. Cause I mean, there are real religions who have lots and lots of gods who are non-binary and also non-human. True. Um, That's, that's a real thing that exists all over the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So it's not that this is inherently bad. It's not like, inhuman things have to have a gender right. like no 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 it's just that like when you look at the very very slim pickings of non-binary or non-gendered characters in media the fact that the majority of them are also inhuman raises red flags again right. as with like any argument that either of us ever make about representation the answer is just more representation it's right. never going to be less representation of a certain type Maybe not never, but very rarely is it going to be less representation of a certain type. Well, because I think that you made a really good point about Double Trouble 
in that Double Trouble kind of gets a pass because no one is really human mm-hmm. in that. And Double Trouble is doesn't have to be like dehumanized for their character to make sense. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's actually, that leads me into my next question in this sort of thing is, do you, what do you think? So as the uh, standing representative for the entire non-binary community. Here, oh yeah. Lay it on me. I got you. <laughs> um, what do you think would be a better way to approach this sort of character? What are some ways that somebody who. Do you mean a non-binary character or do you mean an inhuman character? We can do both. Okay. Because I think I think that this is something that like you may have come into this episode not realizing that this was potentially harmful, potentially not I mean not harmful, but mm. potentially Icky. Icky, potentially dehumanizing. <laughs> and you may now be wondering, like, wow, I've been working on a novel for the last three years in which I have a very non binary robot at the lead of it. What do I do now? As is my whole foil. project scrapped. Have a foil. Alright. What does that mean? Like this, that's what I mean. Like, we don't need less. Not having a gender is a solid way to make your inhuman character not be human. Have something else. Gender is not the only thing that makes humans human. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> like, make sure that there's other tells that your inhuman person is inhuman. But then also just, like, have a non-binary human and just really even out that playing field, you know? Right. Or, like, reference that non-binary humans exist or, you know. like. Right. Because I think that's, it's just, we need more representation, not less. <laughs> right, right. So then, and that is also a tip that I put in my blog once, but... Probably because it came out of my mouth for that too. Probably because it did. <laughs> I, it almost certainly did. You definitely read that blog post and edited it for me. <laughs> but yeah, so if you have a angel who is like, what is gender? Mm -hmm. And then you also have a non-binary person there who's like, bitch, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's this thing that people care a lot about. And the angel is like, oh my God, I'm glad that somebody else can see this is weird. Do you get food? And the non-binary person is like, oh, yeah, no, I get food. I can teach you about food. Food, I understand. Food, I get. And then like, and then. Or like any number of other things. Like food, like we're we're really focusing on food and gender because they're really clear ones. But like, I just remember so distinctly a Tumblr post about, like, a human going onto a spaceship full of aliens that were, like, observing her, and her hair turned from, like, bright blue to, like, less and less and less blue, and they thought it was her getting less healthy, but, like, our hair just, if it's dyed, it fades. Like, shit like that. There's lots of things that humans do and don't comment on that if you were genuine, like, you have to actually, you have to put some work into putting yourself outside of your own shoes. Right. And the nice thing about this particular method of improving this sort of representation is that it kind of does double duty because it not only will make it clear to your audience that there are humans who are non-binary and undercut the negative aspects of this trope, it will also serve to humanize that character. Yeah, yeah, because that's like, yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, and then it'll help... They're figuring out the human stuff. And it'll help your audience to relate to that character more and sympathize with them more. And also, if you're not writing something, because I I love you, babe, but this is not your blog. If you're not writing something, but just, like, this is also just ways to critique the Mm -hmm. media that you take in, you know? Right. Like, nobody ever recommended The Good Place to me because it had a non-binary rep, but, like, you know, think about these things. Except for Google. Well, except for Google. You're right. Nobody, like, real. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, like, these are just... Good ways of seeing the world, you know? Yeah, I do. I guess I was thinking in terms of just literally anybody who's reading this is like, oh, I wonder how I can create this new character. Not everybody does that. Yeah. It can also not humanize them if you want them to be an editor. So if you want to think more about how you want to write (laughs) non-binary characters, I suggest checking out Josie's blog. We'll link it. (laughs) So you 
You mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode that there is One Day at a Time, which has mm. a non-binary character, but that is a human non-binary character. Yes, we love them. Human non-binary... I mean, human non-binary characters are not all that common. No. There's another one in um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the more recent remake of it, though I would like to point out that they, first off, are somewhat magical and therefore a little bit inhuman, but so are all the main characters, so we'll let it pass. Mm. But then also their plotline, all of their plotline that I watched, and I did try to watch it to figure to like stick with this actual non-binary character, and it was all based on transphobia, and I got tired of it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Steven Universe also, Stevani and all of the other Steven fusions are... Inhumanly non-binary. Inhumanly non-binary, but like... Stevani, I guess. Stevani is like mostly human, at least three quarters human. Stevani blessed us with that I am an experience gif and therefore the non-binary computer community welcomes them. Right. And I mean, I think it's the thing is like, there are positive examples of this. We mentioned that Double Trouble kind of gets a pass because Mm -hmm. even if they are coded as a little bit villainous in the show, they are not, they are far from the only (laughs) non-human person who is seen. Also on the topic of um, like more representation, fixing the problems of like villainous or more representation fixing the problems of poor representation, um, She-Ra also has a whole nother gender expansive character because Perfuma is a trans woman. You keep forgetting this. I keep forgetting. It doesn't show up in canon, I I don't think. Look at her. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, fair. Like, look at her, and then her voice actor said that she was. That's true, that's true. So there is a very, 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 like, the opposite of villain villain-coded character who's also a trans woman. That's a very good point. That is a very good point, yeah. I don't know if it shuts up in canon, because I haven't seen it all, but... We're working on it. We're working on it. So do you have any sort of closing thoughts or summation on this one here? Go watch Good Omens, but not for non-binary rep, you know? <laughs> or not, not, no, no, no. Go, go watch The Good Place, but not for non-binary rep. Basically, if it's about angels and it has the word good in it, but not super, you should go watch it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I just, this is just, this is one of those, like, theoretical, we just, like, talking about representation. Yeah, yeah, and representation is such a nebulous topic, because, like, the answer is never less representation, like you said. Or again, rarely. I rarely. Think I could take less transphobia representation. That's true. I could That's take true. it. That's true. But just, like, we need to tip the balance back yeah. towards just having more good representation. Yeah. Like... I don't know, there's countless, there's also just countless essays on the internet about how awesome queer-coded villains can be, so. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, that's the thing, it's like, we will find validation and queerness, regardless of if it's given to us kindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just nice to be able to both recognize, I mean, I think the best thing here to take away is just to remember that a character being coded as inhuman because they don't have a gender does in fact inform the way society thinks of people who mm-hmm. exist outside the gender binary. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, that's just good to remember. Yeah, it's good to remember. Doesn't mean you have to boycott all media that no. has an ambiguously gendered character, but you know. Just, just consider that that's not, especially if you yourself are not non binary, consider that that, make sure you make mental notes. That's yeah. not a real non binary person. <laughs> yeah, make sure you're considering how this is affecting your view of non binary people. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that's where we're just about going to wrap it up this week then on Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Bye, y'all.
And until next week, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Berdash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash gender journeys. We hope to hear from you soon.